You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. assurance, but they've trusted in Jesus Christ for salvation. Some have little assurance because there is no genuine experience of salvation and there's no evidence of salvation in their life. Their life hasn't changed. Some have no assurance at all with good reason. They've never trusted Jesus Christ or they've rejected God's gift of salvation. Do you ever feel like that no matter how much you search for happiness, you never find it? Today, Pastor Dave wants you to know that the only way to find true sustenance and happiness in life is through Jesus. He came onto earth as a man to take our sins and give us the assurance that we can have eternal life through Him. Now, here's Pastor Dave in the book of 1 John chapter 5 with today's edition of A Sure Hope. You are a sure We are in 1 John 5. We only have a few studies left in 1 John. If you found your way to the first epistle of John, chapter 5, verses 11 through 13, let me read aloud, and if you would follow along silently, please. John is continuing his thought on the certainty of God's witness or, or the assurance that we have. He says in verse 11, And this is the testimony that God has given us eternal life. And this life is in his Son. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. These things I've written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life and that you may continue to believe in the name of God of the Son of God. Shall we pray? Father, oh, how we need the assurance today in our hearts. How we need that blessed assurance, Lord, that you have given us through your word. And how we need to settle it in our hearts once and for all, knowing that we're your children, knowing that you have given us the beautiful gift of eternal life. Lord, help us to settle that today. Help us to leave here with the knowledge that we have eternal life in Jesus Christ. And nothing can take that away. Help us, Lord, to walk worthy of that calling, circumspectly, knowing that the days are short, Lord. Knowing that your return is imminent, that you're coming soon, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you've given us your word and we can read it and we can gain such assurance and such confidence, Lord, that you have done a mighty work. And you will complete that work till the day of Jesus Christ. We're so thankful, Lord. And it's in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So I have a couple questions this morning. How sure are you of your salvation? I hear you. Are you confident that you have eternal life? Are you confident that you're going to spend eternity with the Lord? 
I hope so. What do you base your confidence on? Don't have to ask. You don't have have to answer. These are all rhetorical questions, but it's okay. It's all right. I love it when you talk back to me. I like that. I was a school teacher. I'm used to people talking back to me, okay? It's okay. All right. Suppose I gave you a test. How would you do if I gave you a test? Sure, challenge me. Go ahead. I heard that. Go ahead. <laughs> there was this associate professor at a Bible at a Bible college in Mississippi, and he gave a test to his first year students. And he said, I asked my students as they left the classroom how they did on the test. You would be surprised at the varied responses that I got, he said. Some said they did great, and they did do great. They have true assurance of eternal life. Some said they did great, and they did just the opposite. They had false assurance. Some said they were not sure, but surprisingly, they did well. They have little insurance, assurance, but they seem to have passed the test. Some said they weren't sure that they, and they did poorly. They have no assurance and no good reason for that. And occasionally, there were those who said they did poorly and they were correct. They failed. They have absolutely no assurance of eternal life. It's interesting This is similar how most people describe their assurance of salvation. If we was to take a test, if I was to give out a test today and say, how sure are you of your salvation and what is the evidence of your salvation and how can you prove that assurance in your heart, some would say certain that they are saved. And sadly, some are not because they have based their assurance on false reason and false hope. Think about it. Some have very little assurance, but they've trusted in Jesus Christ for salvation. Some have little assurance because there is no genuine experience of salvation and there's no evidence of salvation in their life. Their life hasn't changed. Some have no assurance at all with good reason, They've never trusted Jesus Christ or they've rejected God's gift of salvation. Where do you fit in? Where do you fit in? And only you can answer that question internally. Where do you fit in? How would you answer that question? Do you have the assurance of eternal life? Are you sure or are not sure? Everyone can have that assurance. Everyone can have that assurance. And you can have that assurance today. If you do not have it right now, you're in a great place because you can leave here with assurance that you will have eternal life. Assurance that you know God and are a child of God, being born again by the Spirit. You know, we've studied through this first epistle of John And he's given us many, many assurances that he's given us. He's told us that it's possible for us to live a life that was real. A real life built upon divine certainties that are found only and solely in a person, Jesus Christ. 
And when we discover these divine certainties through God's word, by believing in his word, that it's infallible, that it's true, that it's inerrant, we come to know that we know, and our hearts are solid with the truth, and nothing can change our minds or change our heart from that truth. We come to a place of certainty within our hearts as the Holy Spirit gives witness to us. And this is the place where I want all Christians to be, a place where they say, I know that I know. And I'm sure of that. We call this the blessed assurance. The blessed assurance. In these last verses of John's letter, he's giving us five certainties, five assurances or five true principles on which we can build our lives and then live our lives with all confidence and all assurance that we indeed will be going to heaven. We indeed will be spending eternity with God. As a Christian, we need that assurance. We need to have it settled in our hearts once and for all. John wants his readers And he wants you to have this blessed assurance. He wants you to know without a shadow of a doubt that you're a child of God. Yes, you are. How did you become a child of God? You believed upon Jesus Christ as the Son of God. And thus, you secured eternal life. John presented witnesses. He presented testimonies that gave us assurance of a crucial belief a belief that is the cornerstone of our Christianity. Jesus is God. It is the cornerstone of our belief in our Christianity. John accomplished this by producing three witnesses, the water, the blood, and the spirit. They all testify that Jesus came from God and that Jesus is God. He said that this was God's testimony, God's record. His testimony is not only true, but we found out that his testimony is so much greater than man's testimony, so much greater than what any man could say or think. And as we move on today, John is going to give us another assurance, if you will. This time, the assurance of eternal life. And this is so important because, as I just said, we just said see you later to two of our dear congregants here. We assured them that they had eternal life and they are now with the Lord Jesus face to face. And you can be assured of that. We need to be assured of that so that we too can look forward to that day. You may be asking yourself this morning, how can I know that I have eternal life? How can I be sure? And if that is you today, you're in a great place. As we studied verses 6 through 10, the key word John used here was witness. And in some translations, it says record or testifies. Look at a verse 11a. John continues, and this is the testimony that God has given us eternal life. This is the testimony. This is the record of God. He has given us eternal life. Given us. Interestingly, when I first read this, I went off on a tangent, if you will. You know me better. I went off on some sort of a tangent, if you will, because I said, well, wait a minute here. Is there a difference between eternal life and everlasting life? 
Is there a difference? Because both of them are used in the Bible. Both of them are used in the Bible. So I decided to look up the Greek word. The Greek word is ehonimas. It means perpetual. It means forever. It means continuing. The idea is not so much for duration, but for quality. And guess what? The words are interchangeable. The words are interchangeable because Jesus uses both words. They're interchangeable. So in our scripture this morning, it says God has given us eternal life, this gift. Please know, like I said, eternal life does not mean mere existence. It refers to continual communion and fellowship with God. As I said, it's not so much concerned with duration as much as quality, but the idea of eternal life certainly involves duration. This is the sum of the true gospel message. This is the hope that the gospel gives. The hope that is found in Jesus Christ, true life, true eternal life. This is good news. See, God has designed this in his eternal purpose for you. It was God's eternal plan that this would happen. It's God's eternal plan that since Adam fell that, and lost fellowship with God, and since we are all from the seed of Adam, we've all been born with that sin nature in our lives and have been separated from God, it was the eternal plan that he would get you back. That he'd have you back to himself as children. It was his eternal plan, and he prepared everything we need to bring us to him. God gave us a gift. I love that. God so loved the world that he gave. He gave us a gift. I love that. Eternal life is a gift, a free gift. It's not something that you can earn. Paul recognized this. And he says these beautiful words in Ephesians 2, verses 8 and 9. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God. Not of works, lest anyone should boast. Gift of God. It is by grace that we receive this beautiful gift. Unmerited favor, God's grace poured out upon us. You get in this long debate controversy that has been going on for hundreds and thousands thousands of years. Not hundreds of thousands, but hundreds and thousands of years. We have two doctrines at play here. The sovereignty of God and the responsibility of man. There's two doctrines. Both concepts are correct, and they are both taught in the scriptures. They are both correct and they are both taught in the scriptures. When we err is when we teach one in exclusion to the other. That's why we need to balance the whole scriptures. That's why we at Calvary Chapel teach line by line, verse upon verse, so you can get the whole counsel of God. When it talks about solely the sovereignty of God, we hit it hard. When it talks about the faith of God, the man's responsibility, we hit it hard. We teach them both. For by grace you've been saved. That's the sovereignty of God. I don't deserve to be saved. I deserve to be a crispy critter. 
And I surely can't save myself. Salvation comes to me through the grace of God. There is nothing that I have done to deserve it, and there is something, nothing I can do to earn it. It's solely by the grace of God. This is something that God has done for me. He has saved me. That was his part, the sovereignty of God. My part? Faith. My part is to believe. By believing the promises of God concerning salvation. That if I confess with my mouth the Lord Jesus, and if I believe in my heart that God raised him from the dead, God promised that I would be saved. God promised that I would be saved. And John tells us where this eternal life can be found. Look at 11b. I'm going to read the entire verse. And this is the testimony that God has given us, eternal life. And this life is in his son. Life is in the son. So, the gift of God is a person. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. The essence of the gospel. How many times when you've been witnessing to somebody have you said those words? How many times have you said those words as a great witnessing tool? It's one of the greatest verses they've done, the greatest verse ever written. The Apostle Paul had a grip of this, and he understood it fully. And when writing to the Roman church, he writes this in chapter 6 and verse 23. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Paul knew it. We receive eternal life not only from Jesus, in him as well. In him as well. We accept this gift by faith. We accept it by faith, believing that Jesus is the Son of God because God has testified and gone on record in his word, offering eternal life to all who would believe, not just a certain sect, not just a certain group of people, but everyone, for God so loved the world, whomsoever will can believe. The whole world has been including in, in this. Scripture upon Scripture confirms his word, and millions upon millions of Christians have proven God's testimony to be true. Only by doing the one work necessary, what must we do to do the works of the kingdom? Believe. believe. Faith. Faith. Oh, it can be so difficult sometimes, can it? When we refuse to believe, John is also clear, we make God a liar. And then sadly, you have no certainties. Once you exclude God, there are no certainties except for one. You're going to get real hot. You have no assurance. When you have the Son, you have life. When you do not have the Son, you do not have life. Look at verse 12 in our study. He who has the Son has life. He who doesn't have the Son of God does not have life. Life is found in the Son. God has given us everything we need for life and godliness in Christ Jesus. 
This is God's witness to you. God has given to us eternal life, but the life is in his son. You cannot have eternal life without the son. Did you hear me? You cannot have eternal life without the son. And in him is a quality of life that surpasses everything we know. In Christ Jesus, there's a quality of life that surpasses everything we might know. It's interesting that when speaking of the kingdom of God, the apostle Paul, once again in Romans, specifically in chapter 14, says this about the kingdom of God in 14, 17. Paul says, for the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Oh, what beautiful words there. And this is the quality of life that we have in God's kingdom. It is a life of righteousness. It's a life of peace. It's a life of joy. And this is the record that God has given us. He's given us this record, this age-abiding life. Life. Life of joy, righteousness, and peace. This life is in his son, and immediately there's a contrast. Immediately there's a contrast. We've been studying Solomon. Solomon had great riches. Solomon had great wisdom. He had great wealth, probably was the wealthiest king ever. But when he became an old man, he was embittered because basically he tried everything. Been there, done that. He went the whole 10 yards. I mean, there wasn't anything that Solomon hadn't tried. In fact, he says this in Ecclesiastes 2 verse 10. All that my eyes or heart desired, I did not withhold anything from them. Hey, Solomon says, I did everything. I did everything. He reached the epitome of wealth, the epitome of education, the epitome of science, the whole thing. He had gone the full mile. He ran the entire distance in his flesh. It says he did everything under the sun, which means he did everything in his flesh. And what conclusion did Solomon come to? Emptiness, vanity. It's all vanity. All vanity under the sun. It's all empty living after the flesh. And this is directly opposite to what God is offering us. It's directly opposite. God's gift is eternal life in the Son. This is the different story altogether. That age-abiding eternal life, a life that is so rich, so full of joy, so glorious, Solomon didn't have. Solomon didn't have it, but yet he had everything else. Everything money could buy. Everything he could build, everything he looked at. He said, there was nothing that I looked at with my eyes or that my heart wanted that I couldn't obtain. But it was all vanity. It was all emptiness. If you today are living a life under the sun, meaning living a life in the flesh, I venture to say that you are most miserable. You are frustrated. Most assuredly, you are empty inside. How can I say that? Because I've been where you are. You are You've been listening to a teaching from the book of 1 John with Pastor Dave Shank on A Sure Hope. Does your heart tend to ride the turbulent waves of the circumstances you find yourself in? 
or you more of that calm, steady sea that's fairly even and consistent? Well, in this book, John wrote to his readers to grow in their zeal and love for God while refuting those who were teaching false things. There is a steadiness that's encouraged, despite the waves of emotion and turmoil that you may face. Having that steadfast focus on God and His promise of eternal life is what can help your heart be at peace and be calm. If you missed any part of today's teaching or you'd like to listen to additional messages from Pastor Dave, visit AssureHopeRadio.com. Perhaps as you were listening, you realized that you have some questions about what you heard. We'd be happy to talk with you and provide some resources to answer your questions. Give us a call at 609-884-5821. Again, that's 609-884-5821. In addition to that, you're welcome to email us at info at capewatchradio.com with any questions, concerns, or prayer requests. Would you rather talk to us in person? Then think about joining us this Sunday for a time of God's Word at Calvary Chapel, Cape May. All you need to know is our website, assurehoperadio.com. Thank you again for taking time to learn from the book of 1 John today. We hope you'll join us again next time on Assure Hope.